Hi, this is Walford, another teaching time. We're going to be looking at Acts, the 28th chapter, verses 11 through 16. These past few weeks, we've been journeying with Paul as he's making his way to Rome. He's chosen to go there for an opportunity to share the gospel message uh, with uh, leadership in Rome. And so Paul's journey has been a very interesting one, a terrible time on the seas with the storms, a shipwreck, a snake bite. But now he is almost there, the destination he's been looking forward to for so long. Let's read the precious Word of God. This is Acts 28, 11-16, and I am reading from the NIV. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods Castor and Pollux. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there three days. From there, we set sail and arrived in Regium. And the next day, the south wind came up, and on the following day, we reached Pudeli. And there we found some brothers who invited us to spend a week with them. So we came to Rome, and the brothers there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the Forum of Apius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Let's pray. Father, as we journey into your word, teach us. For this is not a history lesson, but once again, teaching us how to live through these days that we're in now. So Lord, lead us the little things that will mean so much. Lord, please just put it in our hearts, put it in our minds, and Lord, let us grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see here that after three months, which means the winter time is over, and they start to take off. Most likely this is mid-February, uh, the 1st of March, somewhere in that area. And you see that it's an Alexandrian ship. That was the ship they were on, the type of ship they were on before. It was a cargo ship. Remember taking the corn from Egypt uh, to Rome? Uh, it was a large vessel. I mean, remember the one that was shipwrecked could carry or did carry 276 passengers. So massive ship with cargo and taking passengers and all. But you notice something here. Luke, the writer, put something very interesting. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods Castor and Pollux. Why is that even mentioned? Why is just a ship, it's traveling, but you notice this little uh, information there for us. On these vessels uh, that time, like now the vessels, they put names on the ships, you know, some little unique name, but they would put either a painting or a carving of usually a false god. They, you know, they studied the stars and you know uh, horoscopes and all that kind of stuff. I guess you could get into, but usually there was some false god that was going to protect that ship, and that's the way it was. They called these two the heavenly twins, so they were supposed to be good luck charms for the sailors. They would be protected at sea. But what Luke is trying to tell us in writing this is be careful with idols. That even in that day, of course we knew it was idols. But we have idols today. And we need to be very careful in how we uh, go about. You know, people put cars as their idols. Put a, a movie star, a, an athlete as a star. But uh, the only star, the only God is the one true God. But he just wanted to plant that little seed there. 
And so you see here that they put in at Syracuse and then to Regium and then the next day to Pudeli. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not, but that's okay. But uh, you'll notice there were some references to the winds. Pretty much if there had been a motor on that ship, it would have been a straight shot. But they had sails and had to go with the winds. And so this was uh, took a little bit longer, but not as long as the first trip. Not as dangerous as the first uh, uh, ship. So this is a short trip. The winds are much gentler. And so they get there to the port. Now this Pudeli, that's P-U-T-E-L-O-I, uh, that particular port was known as the port for Rome. Uh, though Rome was several miles still inland, uh, there was a major road from this port to Rome. So anyone coming by sea would land at this particular port and then make their way to Rome. Can you imagine what it was like when Paul finally put his feet on that ground? He was finally going to be able to get to Rome. And there he was to, to go to that place that he's been longing to go for a long time. A lowly tent maker, and that's what Paul had become. He had become a tent maker to pay his way. In other words, he didn't want the offerings and all from the people. He was going to pay his way in working for the Lord. But a lowly tent maker finally making it to the, the greatest city of that time. The greatest city of that time. And so they say, now this is not in Scripture, but in the history books and other writings, they say as you would come into that port, you could look up a short distance and there was another port there. It was named Misenum, M-I-S-E-N-U-M. That particular port, that is where Rome kept their warships. In other words, the vessels they used to go off into battle in another country. That's where it was. So as, as Paul was coming into this particular port, he could look and there see the warships, the great military power of Rome. But he said if you looked the other way, down the beach, there was a place called Baiae, if I'm pronouncing it right, B-A-I-A-E. And that was a place where the uh, rich and famous, I guess you would call it, of Rome would keep their yachts. Beautiful sails, beautiful yachts where the rich were. So there's the military, there's the wealth. But he's coming into this particular port, and that was the commercial area with the large wharfs and, and warehouses and all the, all the trade that went on. So that's where all the money was. And so all this is going on. So I can imagine this lowly tent maker, how his heart must have beat faster and faster. But as we, before we get into verse 14, I just want a little note on something here. Uh, as they're pulling into this particular port, all the people in the city would come out. This was their tradition. This is what this port was known for. All the residents, whether they were working or at home, if there's a large ship coming in, they would all go down and greet the ship. I guess wave at it and clap, whatever it was. I don't know all the details. But they said they would all come out and to greet those Maybe it was the beauty of that ship. Maybe the massive sail. It was maybe just being good neighbors. And so the whole city would come out. That's why as we get into uh, verse 14, look at that. And there we found some brothers who invited us to spend a week with them. He found some brothers. That's what made it so interesting that they were there. 
but they were there because that was the tradition. I don't think they got a text message. I don't think they got an email. Hey, Paul's coming in today. And that traveling that day, it had been unknown if he was coming in the first place, most likely, and when he would be uh, coming and all. But this is what they did. But these brothers, now you might be wanting to know why they called brothers. Well, back in that day, the early church, they didn't call them Christians. Uh, they didn't call them Christ followers. They called them brothers. Uh, some translations may call them uh, brethren. But this was what they were called in that time. But also, that's kind of a reminder to us of something. When God sends us to a place, He's already there. And most likely, He's got somebody there to greet us, even the unexpected. And boy, this meant a lot to Him to have these brothers in Christ. These brothers in Christ to lift His spirits to encourage him during that time. So no matter what was going to happen in Rome, he knew right then he was not going to be alone. Uh, he knew the Lord was going to be with him, but to have others, what encouragement. But wasn't it strange there that it says some brothers who invited us to spend a week with them. Man, they must have been some kind of folks to say, let's spend a week. But many writers say, here's the reason for this. They were inviting him to stay around to go to church. I like that. They were staying, stay around and speak in church. Can you imagine this? Paul, and they had heard about Paul. They knew about his writings, his letters that he had sent them. Not the Bible yet, but the letters he had sent. And so what great uh, encouragement was for them to have Paul stay around and go to church, whether he just walked in and said, hi, y'all, or to speak. And you know most likely he would speak that what a blessing it was to have them. Uh, I wish our society today would be more like that. Most likely when we have visitors coming, uh, family coming, friends coming to stay with us, and it's church Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't go. We didn't bring any clothes. I don't think that's going to make much difference, folks. Wear your blue jeans, your sandals, just go to church. But uh, if you've got family and friends coming in, tell them, say, now, look, we want you to stay around to Sunday. We want you to go to church with us. You want to show them off. But you know what? You'll be blessed and they'll be blessed and that church will be blessed. And so kind of remember that. So do like these guys did. But what's so also strange in that scripture, it says this idea uh, that invited us to spend a week with them. Uh, how could they even do that? He's a prisoner. He's a prisoner. He's supposed to be under the direction of Julius, that centurion. And, uh, but that just tells you the relationship that Paul and Julius had. Uh, he trusted Paul. He understood Paul. Paul, because of his God speaking to him and leading him, had actually saved, had actually saved that man's life. And so, yeah, hey, seven days, let's do it. So all that's going on there. And so we see some other things happening. Verse 15. Look at that, verse 15. It says, And the brothers there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the form of Apius and the three taverns to meet us. We read that and we say, Oh my goodness, a few fellows walked down the street. Uh, no, 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 no. There's more to that and all. Here were those in the church in Rome. Uh, Paul had written a letter to them three years prior saying, I want to be with you. I want to be there to encourage you. Um, I think he even said that he wanted to bring the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to him. 
Not that he was that special, but the message that he had was that special. And so that's what he wanted to bring to them. And so they heard. They could have gone to the city gates. They could have gone and waited for Paul to get to them. But they took off. See, we read these things. Well, they traveled as far as the forum of Apius. Now, that had to have been the younger crowd in Rome that took off because that was a 43-mile trip from Rome to this particular place called the Forum of Apius. That was a 43-mile trip. But then it says, and the three taverns. Well, guess what? That must have been for the slower group, the older group like me, that uh, uh, it says there, 30, see, it says the three taverns, that was 33 miles. Yep, one group ran or walked, whatever, 43 miles, other one 33 miles. So they traveled out there to see them. But there's something in that, that scripture besides that 43 miles and 33 miles of traveling. Look what else happens there, to meet us. Sometimes in our English translation, we kind of lose the impact. But as you go and look at the Greek word, that was translated to meet us. Oh, that sounds so nice, to meet us. That was the same terminology that was used as the idea of a city delegation. You know, in another type of setting, uh, the mayor and the council and all, they go and meet a general, a conqueror, or a king. In other words, a true dignitary. That was the same terminology that in the Greek writing they had for this group coming from Rome to meet Paul. Paul's not a king. He's not a conqueror. He's not a general. He was just coming to tell them about Jesus. So how special this was that it, they came out to meet him in such a special way. And what does Paul do? This is wonderful as you see this. At the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. He thanked God for these men who came. What did they bring in their hands? Probably nothing. Just their presence there to encourage him. See, as Paul was tough, I mean, I, I, I hear these descriptions, what people think he looked out, uh, looked like and all. But what we find out, no matter how tough he was, or how scrawny, I mean, whatever he was, he still need to be encouraged. And it kind of says something to us. No matter how we think about ourselves, we need to be encouraged. No matter how we put on this front, oh, I got it all taken care of, we all need encouragement. With that being said, if you know we all need to be encouraged, that means everybody else needs to be encouraged. And that is what we're called to do. We're called to be encouragers for others. And so you think about this, and during this crazy time that we have, find ways to encourage others. Find ways to strengthen others. And then accept when people encourage you. Accept when people uh, are there to lift you up. And say thank you to God. And you know, it wouldn't hurt to say thank you to them also. And then it's kind of interesting. This section ends like this. And when we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Isn't that strange? This guy deserves a prison. He is a prisoner being taken to Rome. 
He deserved a prison or jail or, I don't know, would you call it a dungeon in those days? But instead, he was, hey, here's a house. You can stay here by yourself. Oh, we're going to give you a guard. Now, some think that he might have been chained to a guard during that time. He might have. But after the third or fourth day of Paul sharing the gospel with him, I got a feeling the guard said, hey, let me take this off. I'm going to stand out here. You keep on doing what you're going to do. But we know people came and went and he witnessed and shared. But how all this came about, once again, Julius, in his relationship with Paul, gave him the freedom to do that. And that just gave Paul the more opportunity to share the gospel with more people. So what can we learn from this study? What can we learn from this study? Well, here's the key thought. There are several things, but key thought. We're never alone. We're never alone. Paul was not alone in the storm. Paul was not alone in the shipwreck, really. Even the snake bite, he wasn't alone. But just think, setting foot on that land, knowing he's going to Rome, and yes, knowing he will probably end up being killed, he was never alone. And we need to be reminded of that. For folks, let's just think, we have a great unseen force around us, a great cloud of witnesses. Some call them angels. Some call them uh, those that's gone on to be with the Lord and all this. But there is a great cloud that surrounds us, strengthening us, encouraging us. Also, we are part of a worldwide believers. Think about that. We, we as Southern Baptists don't have it all wrapped up. There's a world out there of folks, brothers and sisters in Christ, that I don't care what airport you go to, what, uh, what port you go to, wherever you go in this world, there are other believers there to encourage us. And we, missions emphasis, things like this, let's encourage them also. And then, here's something. We have the knowledge of knowing wherever we go, God is there. He's already prepared the way for us. I mean, just think. As, as Paul is coming into that port, there were some brothers in Christ waiting on him. They might not have known it, but God put them together. And so God is there to prepare the way for us. And I guess the best thing of all knowing is that when we invite Jesus Christ into our hearts, uh, he says he will never leave us or forsake us. That means he is there. He's there. We're never alone. And He's also our greatest encouragement. I pray today that you felt encouraged by knowing that Lord is with you. Wherever you are, whatever situation you're going through right now, He is there for you. But also, I hope you've also been encouraged and strengthened that now you go and witness to others. You go and share with others. May you do so. Father, thank you for this time of study. Let us take your word. Yes, let us, let us meditate upon it. Let's pray about it. And then let us go do it. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you.